Let's hear some of that movie chat. Credits roll by and I tip my hat. Credits roll by, I wanna know more right away. Let's have some of that movie chat. Credits roll by, tell me who did that. Life in the credits is where I wanna play. Welcome to Life in the Credits. This is the show where we learn about entertainment by chatting with people who work in the industry. I'm Susan. And I'm Ben. And today we're discussing the film Snag. It was written by Ben Milliken and Brent Tarnell and directed by Ben Milliken. It stars Ben Milliken, Jamie Camille, Sofia Castro, and our guest today, David Zayas. It's on digital and select theaters April 28th and on demand May 12th. Yes. So welcome to the show, David. Thanks for joining us. Hi, David. (laughs) Thank you for having me. So, David, can you get us started today telling us a little bit about what you do in the entertainment world? I am an actor. Yes. Excellent. (laughs) And just a private writer when I can. Oh, nice. (laughs) Just my entertainment. Yeah. What are some of the projects that our audience might know you from? Oz, uh, HBO. Mm -hmm. um, Absolutely. Dexter. Yes. I did Gotham, first season of Gotham. Absolutely. Seasons of Bloodline, uh, Shut Eye on Hulu. And I've done films like The Expendables, Michael Clayton, 16 Blocks, Annie, you know, and so, and a, a lot of independent films that I'm very proud of. And I've done a lot of theater. I started oh. off as a theater actor. Oh, very cool. I've been involved with theater throughout and um, just finished a Broadway play this winter, in, uh, which was a lot of fun called Cost of Living. Really nice. Good. And so, yeah, I try to stay busy as much as I can. Yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> so obviously we're here to talk about your project, Snag. Do you want to mention what it was like working on that movie? Yes. I absolutely loved it. You know, we yeah. were in New Mexico for a couple of weeks. And uh, I just, I love the, you know, when you get on a set, when you're doing a film or even a yeah. television show, or even rehearsal for a play, when you get on the set, you immediately feel the energy of, whether or not there's some doubt, there's some there's some stress. And yeah. what I found in this set was that, you know, it, it always goes by the number one, right? How he handles things. Right. Of course. Right. And Ben was just a cool cat throughout the whole. <laughs> so mm-hmm. in doing that, like the stress goes down because it is, it's, it's a it's a professional, friendly set that right. is, lends the opportunity for you to expand and and so for creativity. And so I enjoyed being on the set with them only because they had a great crew. The safety people were on on top of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, everybody involved, no matter what kind of character they were, were just were sweethearts. You know, it was, awesome. it was really uh, an enjoyable. The only thing I couldn't get used to is that I didn't realize it is, and it was, it's like 9,000 feet above sea level. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought, oh, okay, I could. I've been been working out. And after one take, I was like, what is going on? (laughs) Saying, I feel dizzy. I feel, it was, it was, yeah, because you're not used to the 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 altitude. altitude. Right. Yeah. So that's the only thing that surprised me. Uh, Other than that, I was ready for everything. Awesome. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's something probably most people don't think about is when you're on set shooting, it's not just the weather you have to get used to. Absolutely. All kinds of environmental factors going into that. (laughs) And especially when you're shooting at probably one of the highest points of the of the country. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's really uh yeah, I'm from New York City. They ain't no altitude. It's just just, you know, have fun. We just avoid it, but it's it's um, yeah, it was that was interesting. But aside from that, I really like 
Uh, I love being on that set. I love telling that story. I love what he was, you know, everything that's, you know, how he articulated what he needed, you know, in certain moments. It always felt like it was a collaboration. Yeah, definitely. That's great. Yeah, and Ben's actually been on this show before. Yep. We definitely got the, that vibe from him too. Like, Absolutely. Um, just talking about some of his past projects. So what is Snag about? You know what Snag is about? I think Snag is a love story. Yeah, it is. Definitely. Once that runs into violence. Yes. That runs into betrayal. And that runs into a certain style that Ben wanted to create in this film. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you look at him, at least me uh, watching the movie and reading the script, this is a love story. Yeah. And people die because of this love story. Right. A lot of people die. Yeah. Because of this love story. Mm -hmm. And right. I think that's... Uh, and, and so even though that's not... A story that I mean, we've seen this story in the past, but it's how he did it. The originality of how he did it, the style and how he did it is something that's unique and actually really good for the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's sort of like a romance wrapped inside of an action movie. Right. Because um, totally. that main motivation, you're right, is he's trying to get back to his lost love um, yeah. or he, yeah. So exactly. And yeah. what's kind of cool about this movie is that it, it plays multiple timelines mm -hmm. at the same time. Right. So we're kind of going back and forth and things are revealed throughout the film, but it's kind of it, the way that it's assembled is pretty creative in the way that it's sort of running two timelines at the same time, but and you're flashing back and forth between them. And I love the editing in this film too. I mean, of course, David, you're great in it and you know, everything it, it's just really it's a, I'm a big sucker for action movies. And so this was right up my alley. And uh, it was really just an, a, a fun movie to watch. Right. I mean, it's, I, it, and it's an action movie that just has a lot of quirky moments in it. Yes. Mm -hmm. That just gives it that much more character. Oh, yeah. And those larger than life characters. Right. Yeah. And I, I don't want to give too much away, but some of the characters stick around for a while. And uh, it's really fun to watch. The, they sort of play on things you might typically see in an action movie, but not the way you, you expect. Yeah. Which is cool. And what, what a great bunch of, of people. You had uh, Sofia Castro, Jamie Camille, and Ortiz, who I've known for, for decades. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Johnny Bochamp. There's so, so many really, really good, young, enthusiastic, mm -hmm. talented people in this project. Yeah. It was, it was a lot of fun to be around. Yeah, you can definitely see the chemistry between all of you is really good. And you can tell it's it was like a positive set just yeah. based on the performances. I think it really came through. So uh, getting back to your career for a second, you've been on TV and film and like you said, theater in the past. Are there any differences between prepping for a, a character for a TV show where you might be doing it over a long amount of time in and out versus kind of prepping for a film role where you you get the character and you're filming all at once? Yes, uh, there's there's a slight difference in all. Like for example, theater yeah. is a, a unique, difficult process yeah. to, to make this character come to life with your whole body on stage. Right, you're right. Sharing, you're sharing a unique experience with however many people, five, six hundred people, and know that that's the only time ever that yeah. that experience is going to happen. You know, so every time you do a show, there's a new audience. It's like you doing it for the first time as well, especially mm -hmm. if the play is something that is got, um, you know, amazing story and amazing cast and yeah. director. Um, for film, you know, for film, you you could you could look at the character and you could take your time 
in trying to map out where you're going from A to the B to C in the movie. And you have a little time to work on that. Okay. So you prepare in a different way. When you're doing TV, it's faster. Yeah. <laughs> it's faster. So you have to do your homework beforehand mm-hmm. a lot further before we you start. And then you have to understand the story of, for example, that episode and how that whatever you do in that episode could affect what you do in episode five. Yeah. You got to you got to try and see that connection, even though it's not written yet. Right. (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) That kind of thing. So it's a faster way of working. Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel you have to really, you know, prepare particularly you know, with the dialogue, if you get off the dialogue, then you could do moment to moment as you're working within the confines of the technicality when it comes to the cameras and mm-hmm. and places where you got to be. So, yeah, I think there's just a slight difference between the okay. three of them. I love all three processes. Yeah. I just love doing it. But it, I've learned the hard way <laughs> that there is you have to you have to do it as a, a, just a little different each one. Yeah, so you're tackling a different challenge each Cause time. Once, yeah, because once yeah. they go action between action and cut, yeah, it's you still you work in the same way. You know? Okay, it's the preparation that's different. Okay, that makes sense. So, what is your process for getting into character when you're on set? Well, what I do, I try to find everything that, like for example, right for Dexter, I I read the book. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah right. for sure. <laughs> I I did some research on serial killers. Yeah, <laughs> I, I did. I did research on how it was to be a police officer in Miami, even though mm-hmm. I was a police officer in New York. It's oh, interesting. You know, yeah. so um, it's it's that kind of. So I do a lot of research when it comes to that. Sometimes in a film, you don't have that information, and you don't want to go too far into your own imagination because it might clash with what's going on in the story. Right. So basically, uh, basically you work scene by scene. Okay. You try to connect what happened before and what happened after. Mm-hmm. And that's that's how I go about it. Great. When you get roles, are they coming through your agent or representation? Is that sort of how you find out about them? Typically, yeah. or is it? Well, yeah, okay. it's, it's, it's a mixture of things. Sometimes okay. they call me and ask me to be on a show. Okay. Sometimes I have to self-tape and audition. Yeah. Sometimes it's a conversation with somebody who's, who's thinking of doing a film and would be interested in if I was going to be in it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's different every time. Yeah. But ultimately, every time you either get an audition, it's just an opportunity to act. And that's always, yeah. right? you know, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's, I would say it's mixed in all three when it comes okay. to it. I get, I have to read for some things, some things I'm lucky enough that they just asked me to do it, which I like. Yeah, you know, that's ideal. <laughs> but, you know, I, I just take it as it comes. I don't, I cannot in any way, and I've, and this I've learned, again, learned this the hard way. I don't have any expectations. Okay. Mm. I just, whatever whatever job I get, whether it's a reading with three people looking at it, or it's a theater show with 1,700 people, it's the same for yeah. me. You yeah. Just, you get in it and you, you do it. Yeah, I think that's a really positive way to look at it, especially auditioning, like, just the audition's a chance to act. And if that's what you really love doing, then like it's another opportunity to do it. I think that's really great. Yeah, it's, it's, and everyone knows that for the most part, you're probably not going to get it. But every <laughs> once in a while, boom, yeah, yeah, it comes, you're right for it. The right people see you at the mm-hmm. right time. And next thing you know, you have a life changing job. You know, it's, yeah. it's really, uh, 
and that's always there. You know, it's always there. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I love I love what I do. Yeah. Yeah. So when you accept a role, how much do you typically know about it at the time you accept it? Do you that is that when you start your research process or are there some roles where you're researching before you even decide to take it on? No, no, it's a lot of work. So I'll research yeah. if I get the part, you know. Okay. Yeah. Auditions, unfortunately, you don't have too much time. Right. We may want you to tape something for tomorrow or the next right. day. <laughs> sure. So you just have to work on the material mm-hmm. and try to do the best you can. And if there is a script available, which not always there are, you know, they just send you the sides. If there is a script available, I immediately read it because I can get so much information in order to do that scene uh, that would be very helpful to me. So yeah, I read, uh, if a script comes before Mm -hmm. I do anything, I read the script. Okay. Then I get an idea of what I'm getting into and I'm able to make certain choices based on in the audience. Yeah, it makes sense that that research step would come after just because you're right. It's a ton of work, especially for some roles. I mean, you really have to dig pretty deep. So, Oh, totally. And you've been in so many wonderful parts. I mean, you've gotten some wonderful work over the years. I mean, of course, you know, Dexter is something that we've enjoyed, you know, watching. And we in particular loved your character. Does that make it easier in the future for you to get roles after you've had like such a breakout character in one show? You know, that's hard to answer. In some ways, yes, and in some ways, no. You know, mm-hmm. um, it depends on the imagination of the people that are watching. It yeah. depends on, you know, uh, sometimes you you see, a, and for example, Louise Fletcher in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yes. Flawless. She was perfect. She won an Oscar. But now mm-hmm. everybody sees her as Nurse Ratchet. Yeah. And, totally. And yeah. It, it, it must have... It must have affected the the kind of roles that came after. So it all it all depends. And sometimes, like especially nowadays, with so many projects, mm-hmm. with so many TV shows, with so many networks, um, I think it's better for someone who has an iconic character to move into a different character right. more than it was in the past. So um, yeah, I that, you know, that's a mixed that's a mixed thing because ultimately, you really don't know why you got the part. Right. You really don't know why you didn't get the part. Right. So it's something that it's not, it, it, it takes too much energy to think about. I just want <laughs> to the next thing, you know. Yeah. Sure. That makes sense. <laughs> so, how did you kind of get your foot in the door in terms of your acting career starting out? What were some things you did that really helped you succeed? Right. The first thing that I think got me was I, I as soon as I decided to be an actor, and I was a cop then. Okay. I had to work in midnight shifts so I could do everything during the day. Right. Um, but I started acting classes and I started going to school. Okay. And like soon after that, like a couple of months after that, uh, I auditioned for this new theater company that was forming. Oh. Lab, Latinos mm-hmm. Actors Base. And, awesome. and I was like, let me give this a shot. You know, yeah. and so I went over there and somehow I was lucky enough. Uh, I did enough good works that I got in. And I got involved with Lab, which later the next year turned into Labyrinth Theater Company, hmm. um, with a lot of amazing, uh, you know, actors in it, you know. And then certain actors came in the year after, like Philip Seymour Hoffman, wow, Adam Rockwell, Hugh Vasquez, wow. Anna Ortiz was a was a part oh, of it, cool. and John Ortiz. Uh, and so then we started putting up plays, <laughs> and as we're putting up plays. A lot of people coming to see it. And, you know, some of them may have been casting directors. Some of them may have been agents. 
And I just saw opportunities and said, oh, that's cool. Let me let me try and do that. And I got involved in, you know, uh, a lot of theater work in, in New York back in the 90s. And then I had an audition here, audition. Somehow I got into TV, mm-hmm. uh, into doing, you know, you did the local, everybody who does New York does the local Law and Orders. Yeah, of course, Law and yeah. Order. <laughs> so I, I did those. And then I got an opportunity for this new show called The Beat. Uh, old station called UPN. And uh, I went in, I got an opportunity. And one of the guys that, uh, one of the men that helped me really uh, get to where I'm at was Tom Fontana, who uh, created Homicide, Life in the Street, Oz. He also was in The Beat. And so when when I got cast in The Beat, you know, Tom saw something in me, which I was so grateful. Um, And then when The Beat got canceled, he... He wrote me a part on Oz and oh. there get a lot of exposure. And I mm-hmm. got to work with a lot of amazing actors. It was mm-hmm. like going to school for like, yeah, you know, yeah, that show was stacked. These, <laughs> yeah. All these great actors. And I was kind of new, but I was watching and learning and I'm thinking, wow, this is like going to class, mm-hmm. you know, going to a really good, you know, even better. Cause all these guys were like uh, just amazing. And so I yeah. learned all the good habits yes. from a lot of these actors that I kept and was able to use later on throughout my career. Yeah. And that's so smart to recognize, like I'm in a situation where I have the opportunity to learn from really awesome people. And like, it sounds like you like really grabbed that opportunity and just like made the most of it too. I mean, in addition to honing your own acting skills, getting literally absorbing everything they had to taught you as well, I think is really important. And I still do. Yeah. On the set of snag, young actors making certain choices. I'm like, Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. And so you learn constantly. Mm-hmm. Every job you get, every you know conversation you have, every you learn how to do something. That's what is great about what we do, That's right? Awesome. Yeah. Do. It's like, uh, you know, uh, art is so important in this world, especially now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it just show, shows a mirror to maybe a part of society that you're criticizing or part of society that you despise or part of society that you support. Mm -hmm. And when you see images of that, it makes you think and it creates momentum in how you want to be more accepting of things. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's really, really important. So when you're working on a project like snag in the movie, you have like a critical role, but you're not in the whole film. So how do you connect with the director and how do you understand what their vision is so that you can fulfill that vision? Well, I've I had many conversations with Ben before mm-hmm. the start of shooting. I read the, the script like 25 times so I could try to identify just little little parts that might help me. But when, it, when we were on set, I kind of felt kind of natural. We just, mm-hmm. you know, I had my ideas, he had his ideas. We spoke about what the what he's trying to get from this scene. And then we just, and then we do, and that is when experience helps, you know, Yeah. Then you could really adjust because it's all about the adjustment. You're here to, to uh, create the vision of this director and this writer who created this story. Mm-hmm. And you have to be open to a lot of flexibility and a lot of changes that you have to just, you know, adjust to. Mm-hmm. And I think that is where experience comes in. I immediately connected really well with Ben and, uh, understood everything that was going on. And, you know, he was very smart and giving me some facts prior 
what he's thinking, some facts in the future, you know, and it, it was really, it was really helpful. So I would say it kind of was just very easy to slip in and into that character and, and work with this, uh, this young man. Yeah, that's excellent. Yeah. And Ben also acts in this movie. He's acted in past movies. So I imagine um, I feel like anytime a director has experience in a different facet of the industry, it just gives them more knowledge about what they're asking of their actors, too. So like he's been on a set in the, you know, so now when he's working with his actors on set. Yeah, he knows he, how to talk. Yeah, to actors, right. Yeah. I think that's he does. he does. And also, you know, you, you, you see what, you know, the one thing about this film and, and watching it with that, I didn't really click into while I was shooting it mm-hmm. because when you shoot it, you shoot the reality of what's happening at that moment right. <laughs> and watching it. I'm like, Oh, he had, it's very stylish. Yeah. Yeah. That's a certain style. It does. That, you know, a combination of so many things that you have to like, I, I like, I had to watch it twice. Cause I watched yeah. it twice and you always watch what the work and then you watch it again and you, you, you realize the style. Yeah. The unique style that he has that uh, I think actually just gives this film a boost mm-hmm. of originality and, and just uh, fun. Totally. Yes, yeah. 100%. Well, and that's fun to hear that. I mean, even though you're on set and in it, there's still some surprises you got to see on the finished project. That's got to be a fun <laughs> experience. And you're right. I mean, we talked about the editing a little bit at the top, but the editing of this movie is really interesting and impressive and the way they the timeline jumps and the way they deal with those transitions i think is really creative and well done and smooth like you transition smoothly between that back and forth absolutely yeah yeah so i mean david you've had such a wide range of projects you worked on blockbusters from you know expendables to tv to the theater how much does you know what's on the paper you know what's on the actual page of the script versus you know what you perform how much does that change or is it pretty consistent or is it just sort of change from project to project I like to say what's written, you know. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I try to create my own thing with what's written. I'm not a um not an actor who just, you know, does a lot of uh, improv, you know, yeah. uh, <laughs> unless it's requested of me. Yeah. 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 I have a lot of respect for writers. Yeah. So I like to stick with what's written. Hmm. And if it, and if it doesn't it doesn't work, then I I work with the writer and the director. Yeah. On, on the moment and try and, and we talk about what would be better. But most of the time I figure out what's on the script and I stick yeah. to the script and, and that's how I create my moments through the mm-hmm. script. I don't, I don't like to um, ad lib too much. Right. Yeah. Unless, right. it's, unless it's something that they saying, okay, in this take, right. They're calling for it or something, you know, then I'll right. do it. Yeah. But aside from that, my job is to communicate the story that the writer and the director want to tell. Yeah. Usually they have a good idea of how they want a character to come across. So yeah, and you writer. got shows like Curb Your Enthusiasm yeah. where they just give you a synopsis. Of right. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing, talented, funny people yeah. just create this thing. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole genre in itself, you know. Right. So, totally. So, David, what's the most challenging part of being an actor? The downtime sometimes. I'm yeah. very kind of blue collar raised. So yep. I just, you know, I want to work a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and for many years I did. I can't mm-hmm. complain. I, I worked from job to job to job until the pandemic. And then kind of things kind of slowed down, probably for everybody. Right? Oh, yeah. And so I had to learn how to relax. Yeah. And say, okay, I have a month off here. Let me see another project to come soon and we'll do it. So it's the hardest part would be the downtime. Because yeah. I always want to work. 
Yeah. Yeah. So the downtime of it, you know, and then you figure out how to fill in that time by things that might help you when you do get the job. You know, mm-hmm. um, I'm involved in theater. We have I have a theater called Primitive Grace with Paul Calderon that oh. we, uh, you know, we, we we meet every couple of weeks and bring in projects with other actors. And, mm-hmm. and so it, it keeps me artistically fulfilled. Yeah. Right. And then my wife is also an actor and she's working a lot now, which is great, you know. And so part of my existence now is to be supportive of her. Yeah. Like she was supportive of me. So it's all positive. It's all great. But the, you know, the, the downtime and it's that's just a selfish, you know. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Because I just want to work. You know? <laughs> Getting used to that is probably the toughest thing. Right. Sure. And we also like to always ask our guests, do you have any moments, and it can be from your career, it can be from the set of Snag, um, that are like a favorite moment or a moment where you're just like, I can't believe this is what I get to do for a living. I, I say that every time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. As soon as I get on a set, I'm like, wow, I can't believe I'm here. It's pretty cool. It's yeah. like a, you know why? Because I mean, like, it's, I don't know if it's different if you get a lot of success when you're 20 years old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How you, you know, but I, you know, uh, I know what struggle is, mm-hmm. you know, growing up, I, I didn't grow up. I wasn't really, you know, low middle class. It wasn't like we had anything. So it's like, to me, it was, it was that kind of like, what, what are we going to do, you know, and, and how we're going to, how yeah. we're going to keep this positive. So getting to be on the shows you've been on, I mean, I imagine it's all pretty, pretty cool. I, I, <laughs> I Whenever I get on the set, I'm like, yeah, especially if it's like, you know, uh, something that if it's a it's a period piece or if it's something that it's a total different character than who you are, yeah, I get the opportunity to to play with this. And yeah, so that's I'm, cool. I'm Absolutely, just, I, I, I'm very appreciative. I'm very lucky. Number one, to even have discovered my love for this. Yeah, and it's really just you know I just love it. Great. Well, uh, David, we got one more interview question before we move on and play a little game with you. So what advice do you have for folks who want to either get into acting or just the entertainment world in general? Do it because it's what you absolutely love and yeah. don't do it with too many expectations. Yeah. Hmm. You know, so it's like do it because it's probably you can't do anything else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, and 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 do it right. Work ethic is is big with me, you know, yeah. and prepared and 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 be kind other than that it's no formula to success there's no formula right. to anything it's just opportunities and you know you being available and being at the right place at the right time i think luck plays part of it yeah you know? but i think you just you need to be appreciative with you're doing something you love i mean yeah. the first few years i did it for free you mm-hmm. know and i right. loved it and it was great you know so it's not like it's something that you know, oh, I want to make a lot of money. No, you you do it because you love doing it. You love what it is that you're doing. You're excited about it. I'm such a nerd when it comes to films and <laughs> television shows and theater. I'm like, you know, I go see everything. Yeah. And it's always, you know, it doesn't, that doesn't, that enthusiasm doesn't go away. That's excellent. Yeah. Well, David, before we move on, is there anything that you wanted to add? Yeah. Or anything else you want to mention about Snag? The camaraderie of of the cast that was yeah. there it was really like you know it's it was pretty special. Mm-hmm. Even though I didn't spend a lot of time there, uh, I got close with everybody there, and it was it was awesome. it was a wonderful experience. So, uh, you know, I would want people to see it because there's such a lot of good young talent in it. Yeah, 
you know, and including the, the writer director and mm-hmm. everybody, you know, so it's fun to be on a set with young energy that are kind to each other, respectful yeah. of one another. And I found that in this, this project. Greetings, movie watchers of every kind. This is Bo. And Brittany. And Ian. From the Movie Cinema Film Club. Every week, we take turns choosing a film to watch, dissect, discuss, destroy, and delight in, and we invite you to join us in the wild banter. We're not your typical critics. In fact, we aren't critics at all. But we dive into all types of cinema, whether it be blockbusters, art house, foreign, B-movies, classics, or the bullshit that Ian likes, and we jump into it all with a drink in hand and some hot takes from our very different perspectives. Very funny, Britt. We even throw in some trivia and games in as well. Plus, we have an ongoing list of what we've watched, how we rated them, that we're willing to share with you so you'll know what's great, what's good, and what's garbage. If you like movies, cinema, film, or clubs, we got you covered. That's Movie Cinema Film Club, and it's available everywhere you listen to podcasts. We'd like to finish up our show today with a game that we're calling Snagged It. In honor of Snag, we're going to see how well both of you know action films. David and Susan, you guys are going to be playing as a team. So here are the rules. I've given both of you a list of films that are action movies. You will take turns describing the film's characters, plots, and quotes to each other as quickly as you can, whatever you want, but you cannot use the name of the movie. You will have one minute to get your partner to guess as many as possible. And if you get five correct, then David will win our prize. And Susan, what's our prize? It is some Life in the Credits merchandise, like a shirt right. or a mug or a tote bag. <laughs> All right, David, are you ready to play? I'm ready. Let's go. All right. Susan, you ready? Ready. All right, David, you chose to give clues first. So whenever you're ready, you can start. Okay. A retired government official is living a quiet life now. His daughter is going on vacation Taken. Yes. Very good. One point. <laughs> yes. All right. Um, this is John Travolta, Nicolas Cage. Um, one oh. is. Yes. Face yep. off is correct. Uh, okay. So uh, people getting on a bus to go home and then something crazy happens and some danger oh. happens. And this has to be speed. Right? Yes. Bus? Of course it is. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is, we are currently, I think in chapter four of this story that starts with a man's dog being killed. Starring, yes, <laughs> four points. Okay, um, Gotham City has yes. a hero, huh? Batman Begins or Dark Knight? Yes, Dark okay. Knight. <laughs> That's five, but keep going. You got 10 seconds. This is a married couple, they are both, uh, like sort of spy assassins, but they don't know each other as a spy assassin, and they eventually have to go after each other. It stars Brad Mr. Pitt and Mrs. Smith. Yes, and that's one minute. Oh, okay, good. So well done. You guys got six correct. (laughs) We did it. And easily won. Yes. Nice. Well done, David. Thank you. Well done. Yes, congratulations. (laughs) Good team. Well, uh, before we let you go, David, we do want to mention one more time that Snag is available um, on digital and select theaters on April 28th and on demand on May 12th. But thank you for joining us today, David. It's been such a pleasure to chat. Yeah, this was really fun. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. Life in the Credits is hosted and produced by me, Susan Swarner. And me, Ben Bloom. It's executive produced by Michelle Levin. The music is written and performed by Steve Trowbridge. You can hear more of Steve's music at TrowbridgeSounds.com. The show logo is created by Melissa Durkin. If you'd like to support Life in the Credits and get access to exclusive perks, you can do so at Patreon.com. 
If you'd like to follow or get a hold of us, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Life in the Credits or shoot us an email at lifeinthecredits at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. I'm from New York City. They ain't no altitude. <laughs> <laughs>